Greetings, everyone. Master Grogan here, ready to rock your world with another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. Hey, as you know, we talk about it a lot. Not if, but when the world kicks your butt. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and kick your butt back up. And that's the whole essence of the Kickin' Life podcast, to help you live your best kickin' life. So buckle up. Here we go. Hey, kicking lifers out there, how we doing today? Hopefully you're having a fantastic day. I'll tell you what, that intro, bam, gets me every time, man. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, new listeners, this is your first time listening to the Kicking Life Podcast. Thank you so very much. Our listeners that are here every single week, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy day to be with me. You know I'm going to give you absolutely everything I've got, delivering right hooks of reality and left uppercuts of truth. Man, we're coming at you, baby. And what's the essence of the Kickin' Life podcast? Hey, the world's tough, man. As Rocky says, it's going to be a mean, nasty, ugly place that'll beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. We know that. There's nothing easy about it. But we can make a choice. We can wallow in self-pity, or we can listen to inspirational podcasts like this one, and I'm going to do everything I can to motivate and inspire and pump you up, lift you back up, grab you by the bootstrap, so to speak, and pull you up to help you live your best kick in life. Because we're all in this together. And my goal with this podcast, with our martial arts academy, with the speeches I give, the book I'm writing, all these things kind of work together, building a tribe, a tribe of positive, motivated individuals who believe in manners, discipline, respect, honor, integrity, collectively working together to help empower our kids to be their very, very best, help empower others to be their very best, doing acts of kindness for others to lift us up, to make society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. That's what the Kickin' Life Podcast is all about. Well, as always, if you have not checked out previous episodes, holy smokes, man, they just keep racking up. This is episode, if you can believe it, episode, let me see to make sure, it's number 130, 130th episode. Holy cow, how'd that happen? But it did. It did because of you continuing to listen, to share, subscribe, to download, and we've got many more coming, baby. So this one, what I'm going to talk about. I just gave a speech for the uh, Edwardsville Glen Carbon Chamber of Commerce. It was fantastic. And the title of the speech was Building the Best You from Bankruptcy to Business of the Year. And I kind of shared personal stories of the business, how it started, how it plummeted, how we went bankrupt twice, how we had cars repossessed and our house foreclosed on, you know, all the stuff. And I had every opportunity just to wallow in self-pity and give up. Man, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of soul searching. There was a lot of praying, but I kept battling through and we were able to battle through. And actually we were awarded the business of the year award just a couple years ago, which was fantastic. But since then I've continued to battle and do even more to build the best me. Now you may say, that sounds kind of selfish. Let me get to it here. Building the best me so I can in turn be the very best to help everybody else out. And in some of you listen to previous shows, you've heard me talk about this before. I was about a year ago, one of my mentors gave me a right hook reality. He simply said, hey, hey, Rich, do you enjoy disrespecting those you're meant to serve? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? What? I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I got popped, bang. I'm like, disrespect? I give everything I've got. He goes, oh, I know you do. I'm not knocking that. But answer the question. And I'm like, well, I, I, how am I disrespecting him? I, I, once again, you know that I give everything I got. How am I disrespecting them? And this is what he said. He said, when's the last time you got more than five, six hours of sleep? 
Wow. When's the last time you consistently went to the gym like you used to do every day? Well, when's the last time you really watched your nutrition? When's the last time you meditated? When's the time you had some shutdown time? When's the last time you even took a nap in the afternoon? And I think, well, well, I just, I don't have time for all that. He goes, well, that's exactly my point. He said, you're operating about 50%. Even if you give 100% of what you've got, that's only 50% that you're giving the people you're meant to serve. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're exactly right. I mean, bang, that was a right hook. And his whole point is, if you're not at your best, you can't serve at your best. So folks out there listening, if you're not at your best, you can't be the best parent. If you're not at your best, you can't be the best employee or the best boss or the best coach or the best leader. If you're not at your best, you cannot serve at your best. So the whole message on that was you've got to take care of yourself first. Because even if you give 100%, if you've only got 50% to give, you're really shortchanging people. And I was like, whoa, I couldn't believe that. So, and, and that all ties in together about kind of not only this podcast, but the bankruptcy to business of the year, everything we've done at the Martial Arts Academy, with the book I'm writing, with the speeches I give. I've got to make sure that I'm, I'm 100% in order to give 100%. Now, that's not always easy. We oftentimes put ourselves in second or third or fourth or fifth place. And for our lady listeners out there, I know if, if you're a mom or a wife, sometimes you put, and I know my mom did this and still does, put everybody ahead of yourself. And yeah, that's commendable, but man, oh man, make sure you do a, a better job of taking care of you so you're at your very best. And men out there, Help your wives out a little bit, meaning that tell them when they need to, hey, go go to the nail salon, go get your hair done, go get a massage, encourage them to do that because they probably won't do it on their own. And I'm facing the same thing. My wife called the other day and uh, she dropped my daughter off at music lessons and she goes, well, you know what? I think I've got time. I'm going to go. Is it okay if I get my nails done? I'm like, please don't ask. Just go do it. But it's like she feels compelled to ask. Not that, that, you know, I have authority over her. She's the boss. She knows that. But it was almost like she felt guilty for going and doing it. So it kind of clicked in my head. It's like, oh, man, I got to remind our listeners to, ladies, take care of yourself. Guys, take care of yourself too. But make sure, make sure you help your, your, your ladies out there so they can be the best wife, the best husband, I mean, best, uh, uh, what am I trying to say, mom. Because <laughs> when you're at your best, you do your best. So there you go. That was that building the best you got to start well I guess from my point of view building the best me in order to help you build the best you it's kind of hard to say hey uh, make sure you exercise when you're completely out of shape you know uh, think about that if you go to a doctor and a doctor's telling you that you need to watch your nutrition and you need to increase your exercise and fitness level but your doctor's obese wow I don't know if that's a good thing or your doctor tells you to quit smoking and you catch them out in the <laughs> outside smoking you, you got to be uh, around the people that are going to help push you to be your very, very best by setting the example that you want in your life. So there we go. A little bit of a start there just to kind of talk about setting up what we're talking about here, but building the best you. Now, the Ziegler philosophy, and those that are just listening for the first time, uh, just recently got back from Ziegler headquarters, and I'm now a member of the Ziegler Legacy Certification Team as a speaker, a um, trainer, and a coach. Yeah, baby. I'm so pumped and excited about that. Just absolutely awesome having that uh, seal and that badge of being a part of the Ziegler family just means the world to me. And what one of the quotes Ziegler has, and it's definitely a quote that I had said during the um, during the speech, which went very well. I always think they do, but uh, if I didn't think they did, that means I kind of disserviced everybody else. 
I put in quite a bit of time, not only writing it, but rehearsing it and preparing it, and it was ready to go. And, of course, there's always some stuff to work on, but I felt really good about it. And I kind of talked about this is the whole essence of the building the best you is awareness. And it's kind of funny. I start off all my women's uh, self-protection workshops talking about the number one tool of of self-defense is self-awareness, which leads to self-confidence. Because if you're aware of where you're at, you feel more confident about, you know, the, the surroundings, the area where you're going. But you've got to be aware of it. You can't have your head on your phone. You're walking out to your car, have your keys out, and be observant, looking around for stuff. Self-awareness. Well, same thing about building the best you. You have to be aware of what you're doing, who you're with, what you're putting into your mind, what you're putting in your mouth and your body. Yeah, what you're doing. Those little bitty things. They can add up to be something wonderful. They can add up to be something not so wonderful. And then they can also add up to something that's terrible. But little bitty progressions. And a little thing I like to remind people is whatever condition or shape you're in right now, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, it didn't happen overnight. It was little bitty choices along the way that added up to where you're at right now. It didn't just you went to bed one night and woke up and suddenly you were flat broke and 40 pounds overweight and no relationship with your spouse or your kids. That didn't happen overnight. It happened along the way. Same thing. If You wake up one day and bang. It, oh, you don't want to happen. You just wake up one day and you're living on the beach and all your finances are taken care of. You're in the best health and the best shape of your life. You got a wonderful relationship with your, your spouse and your kids and your family and you're enjoying life. That didn't just happen overnight either. Now, I know some people say, well, yeah, it would if I won the lottery. Let me tell you a little about the lottery. Statistics show that 85 to 90% of people that win the lottery within five years between three and five, are back to where they were before they won the lottery. And a large majority of those folks are worse off because they never conditioned themselves how to accept that. They end up with, well, of course, all your friends on social media, you know, out of, I've got, I don't know how many on Facebook, like 4,600 or something. I bet I don't have 10 friends my whole life, but (laughs) that's, you know, through that so I can get the messages out. Out of that, every one of those friends would become a real close friend if I won the lottery, right? Yeah. And a lot of them, unfortunately, in today's day and age, are going to dig up dirt on you and everything else and just try and do whatever they can to squeeze a dollar out of you or a million dollars or whatever the case may be. So that's the reason for that. But it's all small little steps. And something we, I learned from the Ziegler training, it, was, it talked about, you know, hurricanes and tornadoes, they get the mass attention, right? I mean, that's when, whoa, this hurricane's coming through or this tornado's coming through. Because it's pretty destructive, but it's all destructive all at once. But little termites, they do far more damage to far more people. But it takes little bitty chunks at a time, right? The termites aren't doesn't happen overnight. Tornadoes and hurricanes, you know, it bruise up and bang, it happens. And that's why it gets all the media because it's a big bang at once. But termites, those little bitty steps, those little bitty bites, that's what does more damage. So kind of think about that. As, and as we move forward, this is the big thing. It, this is um, well, my favorite quote from Zig Ziglar. It's one I say all the time is you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. And, of course, that's putting others first. But remember, you got to make sure that you're at your best in order to give them their best. But the little things like, you know, if you're at Starbucks, and I don't go to Starbucks personally, but I know a lot of folks do. You know what? One day just pay for the person behind you. You're probably saying, man, that's like eight bucks. Well, pay it forward. 
or if you maybe Starbucks is too much, next time you're on a toll road or a toll bridge, it's 50 cents, give the toll uh, person a dollar and say, I'm taking care of the person behind me. Or heck, give them five bucks, say, I'm taking care of the next six cars. Is that right? Six <laughs> that come through. Man, oh man, I, I did that actually with my son. We were heading back from Chicago. I, I said, Austin, watch this. He gave the toll person a dollar. I said, I want to take care of the car behind us as well. That was 50 cents. That's all it cost me. They, uh, I, we were kind of watching in the rearview mirror, and he's watching. The people go up there, and the, uh, you can see the person's hand just wave them on. So those people can't wait to get up beside us. And they're beside us, and it was a family in a, the, I don't know, some kind of van. Anyway, they're all beside us, and they got their windows down. They're giving a thumbs up and waving and saying thank you. Oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. I mean, it made my heart just start beating. And I told Austin, I said, Austin, I just paid 50 cents for that. Was that great or what? I mean, think about that. Think about how happy it made them, and then in turn, how happy it made us. And it cost me 50 cents. Now, did I pay that 50 cents for, to feel that good? Well, truthfully, yeah, I did. <laughs> because I knew it would make them feel good. Now, every time you do something kind, you're always going to get that kind of response. Maybe, maybe not, but I would have to say the majority of the time you will because it's just a random act of kindness, but unfortunately those random acts of kindness don't happen near enough. So it was a total shock, but it felt pretty good, and it cost me 50 cents to have that good feeling. And that was, my gosh, when the heck was that? That was back in July, almost a year ago, and I'm still talking about it. Why? Because it was powerful, and it didn't take much. And who knows? We never know the battles other people are fighting. We don't. I mean, we get wrapped up in ours because we got to solve them because those, those are our battles. Those are right there on the home front. But we got to remember, everybody's fighting their own battles that we know nothing about. So favorite Ziegler quote, how do you get everything in life you want by simply helping enough other people get what they want? And right there at number two is this one right here because this is the one that has had the most profound impact on me. You are where you are and what you are by what you've put into your mind. You can change where you are and what you are by changing what goes into your mind. Zig Ziglar. I'll say it again. Think about this. You are where you are and what you are right now by what you've put into your mind. And if you want to change where you are and what you are, you've got to change what goes into your mind because your mind is the, the portal for everything to come in. Ziglar's have got a uh, kind of a... a Oh, seven steps of being your absolute very, very best. Now, focus on the first two just for a minute here, then I'll get back to the speech. The first one, and Zig had often said that he kind of flip-flopped the spiritual and the mental, spiritual and mental, like which one should be first? Well, he decided on the mental first because the mental is all about the input, all about keeping an open mind, all about being receptive to new knowledge. And then the second one's the spiritual. He said, because I flip-flopped those, if you're not open-minded enough to accept, to realize that you don't, as Socrates says, all I know is I know nothing, if you're not mentally strong enough or open-minded enough to receive that, then you're not going to receive anything else. So we have to start with the mental, realizing, once again, you are where you are and what you are by what you've put into your mind, and then be mentally strong enough to understand and accept. If you want something better, it's up to you to be mentally open to that. And what I mean by that is oftentimes, and I've been so guilty of this in the past, that's why this quote means so much to me, is you can't use words like, oh, it won't work for me. Oh, I know that. Or easy, easy for you to say, or easier said than done, or it must be nice. Those are all horrible, horrible, horrible quotes. Because what you're telling your subconscious mind, which is pretty much in charge of everything, 
You're telling it that ain't going to work for me because I'm a loser. Ain't going to work for me because I'm just not good enough. Ain't going to work for me because I'm not like that person. No, you're not. You're not a loser. You're not like that person. You're better than they are. What? How are you better than they are? Because they're different and you're different. You're unique in your own ways. God has made each and every one of us with a special God-given purpose. What is that purpose? Man, that's where you got to dig deep. That's not easy. But it's there. But you got to be mentally open and mentally aware of what you're putting in your mind. And if you're putting limiting beliefs and self-doubt in your mind, it's going to crush you. It really, really is. As a matter of fact, here's something I said at the speech, and I'd like for you to do this, okay? If you're driving right now, just listen and do it when you get home or you get to the office. But I want you to do this for yourself and do it for your kids. It's an excellent, excellent, excellent training tool for breaking through your limiting beliefs, for overcoming your fears, for getting rid of those limited beliefs that hold you down. I want you to take out a piece of paper, and I want you to write a limited belief on that piece of paper. Now, it could be something that's been in you forever. And I'll share some of mine. Mine were, I'm not good enough. It's Richie, you're not good enough. Richie, you're not smart enough. Richie, you're not big enough. Richie, you're not good enough. I always said good enough. (laughs) Uh, uh, Richie, you're never going to be successful. Just accept that. All these things that Richie couldn't do. And some of our listeners, you heard me talk about, you know, that Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. If you haven't heard that song, listen to it. It's about Johnny Cash talking about how, it's it's a hypothetical song, but it's about a boy that was named Sue because his dad named him Sue because he wasn't going to be around and pretty much said, you're going to have to toughen up or die. Well, my dad, he did the best he could with the knowledge of what he had. All he knew was the world was tough. He knew he wasn't going to be around a lot. So he told Richie, you better get it together or the world's a mean, nasty place going to beat you down. That's why I love that Rocky quote so much. But anyway, I was told a lot of those things, and I began to believe a lot of those things because what you plant in your mind is what harvest. You know, it's the law of sowing and reaping. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Why allow those negative thoughts to not only be planted in my mind, but baby, those things took root. And think about this quote. Your fruitfulness depends on your rootfulness. So how deep those roots are is how great that fruit is going to rise and grow. That, it doesn't matter if it's negative or positive. Those roots were deep. And of course, deep uh, weeds, you know, which suffocate a garden, a lot of those are in there as well. But anyway, I want you to write down your limiting beliefs, whatever that is. You don't believe you're smart enough. You don't believe you're good enough. Uh, somebody told you that you weren't good looking. Somebody told you you couldn't sing. Somebody told, me, told you you couldn't dance or play a musical instrument or that this job you're at right now is the best you're ever going to do. Whatever that limiting belief is, write it down on a piece of paper. Get it out. Get it out so you can see it. Now, after you see it, I want you to look at it. I want you to see how crazy that limited belief is when it's looking right at you on a piece of paper. It's looking right at you. You're bigger than that. That's just a piece of paper. That's just some words. But look at it. And I want you to say, no more. No more. Look at that. Grab that piece of paper and crinkle it up in a ball. Crinkle it up as hard and as tight as you can. Look at it again. Look at it. It's all crinkled up. You're stronger than that limited belief. You're stronger than that piece of paper you just crinkled up. I want you to say again, no more, and then take that piece of paper and fire it in the trash can. Done. You have now conquered that limited belief. You have now conquered that fear. Now, this might be something you need to do on a daily basis for a while, but what you're doing is you're telling your subconscious mind, the end, no more. I am not believing this lie anymore. I am overcoming this limited belief. 
Now, another way of doing it, instead of just crinkling it up and throwing it in the trash can, go outside, light that baby on fire, and watch it burn up. And say, you're gone. No more. That is so powerful, beyond words. And obviously, you can hear the excitement in my voice, because I've, that, this is one of the things I've done several times. And I'll tell you, the truth is, the first time I did it, I'm probably like a lot of you, yeah, well, that ain't going to, I don't know, that ain't going to work for me. Right there. That's a limiting belief. What do you got to lose? Just do it. And it feels pretty darn good, too. Yeah. Then pass that on. Have your kids do it. And if anything, what they did, the Ziegler uh, certification thing, there's about 20 of us. They had us write them down. And then uh, Julie Ziegler, Zig's daughter, stood in the middle of the room. And uh, with the trash can, we all crumpled them up. And we all took shots, like <laughs> trying to shoot them in the trash can. So we're all throwing paper. And, of course, be honest, Yes, I wanted to make the basket, but I wanted to use Julie as a backboard for it to bounce off her and in because that's just the knucklehead that I am. But anyway, don't, don't hit anybody in the face with the paper. But it felt good, and the excitement in the room was like, yes! So by yourself, it's going to feel real, real good. But if you're able to do it with your family, man, that's going to feel even better. So what do you think? You going to give it a shot? Well, please do, and then please go to our Facebook page, Kicking Life with Master Grogan, or even Instagram, kickinglife.mastergrogan, and let us know. Say, I, threw, I, I overcame my fears. I threw my fears away. Or heck, even videotape it and put it on the page there. I'd love to see that. Or if you go outside and light it on fire, I'd love to see that. That would be fantastic. Because by you doing it, you're going to convince somebody else who's probably going, well, I don't know. Just do it. What do you got to lose? It's actually something fun. And then have your family do it too. Sound good? Well, there's your challenge. Bang, right there. But we're not done. That just started. That wasn't even, that was a part of the speech. I'm not going to give you the whole speech because we'd be here for quite some time and I, I want to be respectful of your time. I like to keep these things between 30 and 40 minutes. And then, of course, the short episode, we have a quick hitter for the weekend. Uh, this one airs Monday. I'll give you the short one on Friday. That just kind of enough right hook of reality. And I just kind of came up with that left uppercut of truth. I like that. Boom. May have to tag that one as well. Anyway, just to get you through the weekend. So moving forward. With the speech talking about awareness, Zig Ziglar says, and I like this a lot, if you don't get a checkup from the neck up, you're going to develop stinking thinking, which leads to a disease called hardening of the attitudes. Think about that. Yeah. So checkup from the neck up is exactly what we're talking about. Make sure you're aware of what's going in your mind. Because if you're not, you're going to develop stinking thinking. And, of course, that develops into a horrible disease called hardening of the attitudes. Yeah, there you go. Positive attitude, negative attitude. And, of course, we always got people that say, well, yeah, with a positive attitude and all that rah-rah stuff, that, that, that really doesn't work. It doesn't? I challenge you this. A positive attitude is going to help you do anything and everything a lot better than a negative attitude. However, hang tight. A positive attitude will not alone help you do anything but anything in the world. It'll help you make it do a better than negative attitude will. But just because you have a positive attitude doesn't mean you're going to be able to do anything and everything. Zig always said this, and I believe it too. Sometimes we uh, almost tell a lie as motivational and inspirational speakers saying, if you have a positive attitude, you can do anything. Now, you can do anything better than a negative attitude. But if you're going outside your realm, and let me give you an example. Shaquille O'Neal. We all know Shaquille O'Neal, basketball player. Extremely good rebounder. What is he? Almost seven foot tall, 300 and something pounds. Heck of a basketball player. Heck of a rebounder. But all the positive thinking in the world 
would not make Shaquille O'Neal a very good horse jockey or a very good ballerina, right? Because that's not what he was put on this planet to do. So that's when sometimes positive attitude will help you do anything and accomplish anything. You just got to believe in it. Yeah, it's going to help you do anything and definitely believe in it. It's going to help you do anything better than a negative attitude will. But if you're not meant, I'm, I'm five foot seven, weigh about 180 pounds. You know, I, I give it my all to play hockey at an elite level. It just wasn't meant to be for me to be a pro hockey player. That's just how it is. I mean, some things you are, your body and, and your creation by the creator, you're meant to do one thing, but not, maybe not something else. Now you have to find what that one thing is, but attitude. But what you're doing at home with your kids, your spouse, at your job, positive attitude is going to help you do anything better than a negative attitude will. So I always like to clear that up so, so people don't say, yeah, I tried that positive stuff and it just didn't work for me. You got to keep doing it, number one. You got to dig up those roots of negativity, but you also got to make sure that's your specialty, right? Good. Okay, moving on. I, this is another Ziegler thing which I've really focused on a lot. You've got to be, do, have. What that means is you've got to be the person that you need to be. You need to do the things that you need to do in order to have the things that you need or you want to have. But it's got to start off, you've got to be that type of person. And you've got to be around people that bring out your best, not your worst. You have to be around a group of influence that's going to drive you to being better, not be an anchor and hold you back. And I always like to talk about the crabs in the bucket story. Now, crabs in a bucket, sure, we've all been to the beach before. And if we've got kids, you know you've done this. You've gone to the beach at night, you've got a flashlight and a bucket, right? You go there and they're looking for sand crabs. They get sand crabs, they throw them in a the bucket. They throw them in a the bucket. And then they find another one. Yes, so exciting. They throw it in a bucket. And what happens, you start throwing all these sand crabs in a bucket. Now, collectively, if the sand crabs work together, they could climb out of that bucket. Yeah, they could just get on top of the next one, get on top of the next one. And reach the little pinchers down, grab the next sand crab, put him on top, and then one gets to the top, he gets over the side of the bucket, he reaches his little pinchers down and pulls the next one and pulls the next one and pulls the next one. You see how it's going. If they work together, they could do that. They could get out of the bucket. But unfortunately, sand crabs are a lot like negative influences in your life. They hold you back. And not only do they hold you back, when that sand crab gets up there and he's trying to escape, the other one say, hey, what are you doing? Get your butt back down here. You can't leave the group. They pull him back down. And if he's persistent, they keep pulling. And if he keeps fighting, they'll rip his pinchers off and end up killing him if they have to. Why? We call that the crab in the bucket mentality or the, the round hole mentality. When you try and break away from those limiting beliefs or those limiting belief friends, they're not going to let you go easy. They got a big ankle weight around you. It's like, wait a minute, you're not going anywhere. So I always talk about when you climb the ladder of success, make sure, one, you're leaning on the right wall. Two, it's cool, man, to put your hand down and try and help somebody else. That's what you should be doing. But you keep one hand on that ladder. If you take both hands off that ladder to help somebody up, they're going to pull you down every single time. And you're going to be back at the bottom again. And you're going to be saying, man, I guess this is what I'm meant to do. I'll just stay here with these others. I'm not very happy, but I guess I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. And that leads to another story. I love these stories. <laughs> it's called the story of a dog on a nail. So we got these two, uh, two guys sitting out on their porch, chatting, neighbors. There's a dog laying there on the porch next to him, and the dog starts whimpering. Every, every couple of minutes, the dog goes, eh. whimper. Eh. And the guy, one guy says, hey, what's, what's wrong with your dog? 
And he goes, oh, she likes that spot on the porch. The only bad thing, there's a nail under it, but she just lays on it. He goes, well, why the heck didn't she get up and move? He said, well, I guess she's comfortable. So the dog likes that spot and is comfortable with that spot, hates the point that nail is rubbing her the wrong way, but she's so comfortable being uncomfortable that she's not willing to change. So how many of us have become comfortable being uncomfortable and all we do is whimper and cry about it instead of getting up and moving to a different spot on the porch or instead of getting out of the job we're in or the situation we're in? Are you a dog laying on the nail? Boy, I know I was many, many times. And heck, I'd go from nail to nail. But you got to keep moving. Just because you like the spot, just because you're comfortable with a spot, if you feel somebody rubbing you or a nail rubbing you or somebody's trying to push you in a better direction, take that opportunity. Don't let the crabs in a bucket pull you down and don't let your comfortability and complacency keep you laying on a nail just because it's easier to complain because it's more comfortable. You're better than that. You are better than that. Use your God-given abilities. And that's the be part of it. You've got to be the best you can be. And then you move on to the do. Do the best you can do each and every time. And we talk about this at the academy. It's kind of one of our number one sayings. How do you become your very best? And the kids say, by doing your very best. Yes. And we say, so to be your best, you've, oh, I'm sorry, to become your best, you've got to do your best. And the kids all finish the sentence loud and proud. And if you don't, you, the kids say, won't. And that's exactly it. That's a choice in life. You choose to put in your best or you choose not to. You choose to lay on that nail and whine or you choose to get your butt up and find another spot on the porch. There you go. You choose to stand with your group of influence, even though you're miserable, or you choose to move on. It's tough. It's not easy. There's an old saying, I say this a lot, man. I, I, I give this bang, right hook, and I'm going I'm to keep going with this left, help, uh, left uppercut of truth. <laughs> I like it. But I say this a lot because it's important. We all suffer one of two pains. The pain of discipline, doing what we need to do, when we don't want to do it, that's the pain of discipline. And the pain of discipline, it may seem like it weighs a lot, but it truly only weighs ounces. But man, does it pay tons in return. Because those little discipline steps every single day add up to something awesome. That's the first pain, the pain of discipline. It weighs ounces. The second pain is the pain of regret. Regretting, wishing I would have done this. Why didn't I do that five years ago? Why didn't I do that 10 years ago? Why didn't I do that yesterday? We've all said it. We've all done it. And oftentimes I hear people say, man, I don't know, in five years from now, I'll be 55 years old. How old do you think you're going to be in five years anyway, regardless if you do it or not? Now, is that a right hook? Bang! Yes, it is. You're going to be the same age. So just do it. Easy for you to say. It is easy for me to say. but It's not easy for me to do. I fight these battles too. I truly do. Kind of gotten off track here. I was going to talk about the bankruptcies, but <laughs> I, I love this be, do, and have, and I love these stories, and I love reading your feedback, so that's why I keep bringing these things to you. But the pain of regret weighs tons, tons, and it doesn't pay anything in return except more regret. So there's the pains, one of two, discipline or regret. And it's, once again, it's a choice. It doesn't happen overnight nor is your success going to happen overnight. But the good news is, well, I guess it's good news, the time is going to come and go. And if the time doesn't come and go, you've done gone. you got nothing to worry about anyway, right? Yeah, there we go. So that's the B. That's the do. What you got to do, got to get up off that nail. 
You got to do the things. You got to take the actionable steps in order to have what you want to have. And what is that? Well, whatever it is you want to have, success, significance in the lives of others, to leave a legacy, whatever. But you've got to take those steps. Be, do, have. Good, good, good. Did you take notes? Did you get that wrote down? I hope so. Uh, let's see, what else? I've got a couple pages of this, but I wanted to be respectful of your time. So I want to go jump on to, oh, I forgot all about this one, fear. And we talk about this a lot too. Fear, and I wrote the big fear up on the, the whiteboard for everybody to see, you know, F-E-A-R, fear. Matter of fact, I actually wrote fear on a board and had uh, Katie, she's the head of the chamber, come up and break through her fear with a palm strike. And she broke through the board and had a loud key up, oh, yeah, and snapped that board, and she broke through her fear, and she was pumped up. She never broke a board before, so she was pretty excited about it, and so was everybody in the room that was excited. But I want you to think of this, fear. We've actually got this on our marquee outside right now. It's got two meanings. Now, this is not what we have. Uh, I'm going to give you the, the positive meaning in a second. But the first meaning that I think really holds a lot of us back, fear, F-E-A-R, stands for false evidence appearing real. Or you could say false events appearing real. Pretty much, you build up in your mind a false uh, worry about this fear. And it appears real. Because you've convinced your mind that this is the worst thing in the world. Oh my gosh, this is tragic. And think about that. How many, how many of those fears that we actually build up in our mind actually even come to pass? And are they ever as bad as we envision them to be? No. That's where you got to fight that fear. You know, we're born with two and eight fears, and that's it. Two. Anybody know what they are? Two and eight fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. That's it. Every other fear we generate in our mind and we create in our mind, we create this worry of false events appearing real. We do that to ourselves. We beat ourselves down. We worry constantly. And I've once heard somebody say, worrying is like a, a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but it doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah, write that one down. <laughs> Worrying's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. All right, second part of fear, or the positive definition, is face everything and rise. Pretty much face those fears, face those limiting beliefs, face those challenges, face them, everything, and rise up and defeat those things. Tell it, just like you wrote that fear on that piece of paper, that limiting belief. You crumble that baby up and say, I'm bigger than you. I'm better than you. You're not defeating me. Crinkle that baby up and throw it in the trash can. As a reminder, film that so we can see it and put it on our page. Or light it on fire if you want to. Just light it outside. Don't, don't catch your house on fire. <laughs> but that's fear. And we're all hindered by that. And it's paralyzing. And that fear leads to stress and leads to worry. And it's, it becomes debilitating and crippling. I know. I still deal with those things, but I say this to you. I say this on the air. I say this when I give speeches as a reminder to myself to make sure I'm doing a better job. So I'm asking you to pass these words on, pass this knowledge on, pass this podcast on, because the best way to remind yourself to overcome these fears is by helping somebody else overcome their fears, by helping someone else become better, by telling them what you've done and how you've accomplished Whatever success in your life you have, and everybody has something successful they have accomplished. Oftentimes we forget about that. Your little daily gratitudes, your daily prayers will help remind you of that, help you remember that, yeah, you know what? I've done a heck of a lot, but oftentimes we forget, which is good that we're focused on moving forward and finding our goals, 
But sometimes, and I'm plenty guilty of this as well, you don't stop and think what you have actually accomplished, what you've actually done. If you've got kids that are good kids, they're respectful, bang, that's something amazing. If you've got a house to live in and you're able to pay your bills, that's a great start. If you've got a car to drive, that's another great start. But unfortunately, fortunately, we oftentimes get so focused and so wrapped up on what we want that we forget what we've got. And what's that old song? Uh, being, oh goodness, I'm going to mess it up now. I think it was a Sheryl Crow song. Happiness is not uh, having what you want, it's wanting what you have. Something like that. I'm not going to disrespect Sheryl Crow and sing the song, but I think you get an image in your mind what that's all about. But it's being happy with what you got, but knowing you can do more, that's fine. But not, you know, that's the old thing, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, I'll be happy when I get a new job. I'll be happy when I get a new car. I'll be happy when I get a new house. I'll be happy when my kids are older. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. I'm telling you, be happy right now. Right now. And then also, oh, I'm sorry, with that, count your blessings, but also think, okay, I know I'm going to be happier. I'm happy now, but I know I could be happier if I worked on these things. But don't set a new car or a new job or more money as a a plateau of happiness because it'll never be enough. Strive for being the best you Therefore, you can be happy enjoying what you've got, knowing that you're the right person to get to where you're going. Remember, be, do, and have. Bang! How's that? Good, good, good. There, um, uh, back to the input in your mind. Ziegler says, uh, and this is something that changed my life back in 2012 when I first heard of Zig Ziegler. And kind of to recap, um, maybe I didn't talk about it with the bankruptcies. I might have to just share the whole story on another podcast because we're running close on time here. I started the business in 1997. I uh, read a quote, a man can never explore new oceans if he's afraid to leave the shore. Bang. Two in the morning, I woke up and typed up my resignation letter. I was a coffee salesman at the time. <laughs> I, had, I had countless jobs. I worked at Quick Trip for a while. I was a coffee salesman for a while. I worked construction for a couple years. And construction was anything and everything from shoveling uh, basements, doing inside and outside drain tiles, running a jackhammer, spreading concrete, carrying buckets of rock and mud, laying down pipes in, uh, in basements and uh, outside, digging, uh, what do you call those things, with walls, like, uh, like retaining walls for these window wells. All, I mean, it was, it was hard construction work. Now, I kind of enjoyed it. I was in my early 20s, so, you know, I was working on the, the physique of the body and out there and in the sun. It was good, but, man, it was demanding. So all our construction workers out there, whew, my hat goes off to you guys. That is tough, tough stuff. And then uh, I worked in restaurants prior to that. What else did I do? Well, did lawns, worked on farms, you know, grew up on a farm, shoveling uh, horse poo <laughs> and baling hay. Yeah, we even had a milk cow. So that was kind of a, a long list of different jobs I've had along the way there. And, of course, I've coached at every, every level, baseball, football, and hockey, which I love doing that. But along the way there, those were some of the jobs. My last job was a, a coffee salesman before I, 1997, quit my job. Of course, this was a shock to my wife. We'd only been married about six months. I remember turning in the resignation and coming back, and she was just getting ready to leave for work. And she goes, what are you doing here? I said, well, sweetie, I quit my job. I had you look over the re- uh, resignation. You looked it over. She goes, I thought I was dreaming. That was real? I said, well, it is now. <laughs> I think she wanted to kill me. And I know her parents definitely did. It's like, what, what's up with this guy? So anyway, that was 1997, and I thought, quit the job. I got all the ambition and drive and passion in the world. I got some business cards made up, and boom, you do that, and everybody's going to show up right? 
wrong. That was the first right hook of reality I got. Things went on, and anyway, I'll share all of it there. I filmed some exercise videos uh, called Kick to Get Fit. They bombed. They tanked. I traveled all over the place. Went bankrupt in 2001. And it was, it was kind of during this whole time, I went back to school and got my degree in kinesiology education, the study of human movement, and became a PE teacher. So on my, uh, when I graduated college in 2001, at the, uh, our graduation party, I announced to the family that, yes, it's a celebration because I'm graduating college and hopefully getting a job, but we're also bankrupt. So it was kind of a, whoa, I thought we were celebrating this. So we kind of celebrated a new start. And I was able to keep things afloat until seven years later, 2008, and we had another bankruptcy. Needless to say, I was not good with the financial management, uh, nor with the planning. I just kind of went, you know, you've heard of tiptoe into something. Shoot, I dove in, and most of the time I dove in, it was two inches of water. And I wasn't able to see it, and, you know, the proverbial crack your head open, which I did a number of times. So, anyway, that was 2008. I had a job as a teacher, but come 2012, when I'd paid off the bankruptcy, I quit my job again, had a steady, stable job as being a PE teacher. It was fantastic. My parents and everybody thought I was completely nuts. It's like, wait a minute, you've had two bankruptcies. You've had your house foreclosed on. You've had cars repossessed. You had to sell your Harley to help fund the business. And now you've finally got some stability and, and, and you're quitting your teaching job. Are you out of your mind? Well, I did. And because I knew there was something more. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I wanted to do more. And that's actually when I was introduced to Zig Ziglar. Uh, he had passed away at that time, but I'd heard a webinar, and the person on the webinar kept bringing up the Zig Ziglar guy. First book I bought was Better Than Good. Turned my car into what he calls Automobile University. And since 2012, my car has been Automobile University. I've got I'm closing in on 300, I guess, 350? No, closing in on 400 books in my Audible account now. I'm just looking at it. Ooh, goodness gracious. And my bookshelf has grown. But what I've done is, I've changed the input. I've changed what goes into my mind to change where I'm at and who I'm at. You know, the quote I said earlier, you are where you are and what you are by what you've put into your mind to change where you are and what you are, change what goes into your mind. Now, I'll tell you this, though, folks. I had a, oh, my gosh, some of those doggone weeds and negative thoughts that have been in there for 40-something years, boy, oh, boy, I think I've got them up. And those, you know, your fruitfulness depends on your rootfulness. Well, some of those had some major, major roots. So I've been digging and digging and digging. I'm kind of like, my gosh, there's so many roots here. I thought I got all this negativity out of here. But sometimes it pops up at the most inopportune times. But you combat that with positive thinking, positive thoughts. You combat that by continuously putting the right input in your mind and then guarding what goes in there. So something negative is going to go in there. What it's going to do, it's going to be like fertilization for those weeds. You don't want that negative getting those weeds back growing again. So make sure, just like listen to this podcast, read motivational books. Planting the right things. Don't. Here's a big don't. Listen to the news media. You know, I call CNN constantly negative network because it is. They thrive on, on, on just polluting your mind with garbage. Don't listen to it. It's not good for you. Not good for you at all. You say, well, how do I know what goes on in the world today? If something dramatic happens, I promise you, you will find out. Plant the right seeds and you'll start finding you're going to have more and more successful things happen. You're going to have better things happen. Doors are going to open up. The sun's going to shine brighter. Why? Because now you've pretty much told your subconscious mind what to look for. It does exactly what it's told. The subconscious mind is non-biased in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't know the difference between good and bad. 
There's no difference between negative and positive. All it knows is it's, it's so non-biased in any way. It just knows what you feed it. You feed it positive, it's going to find more positive. You feed it negative, it's going to find more negative. That's another thing. I, 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 don't, I don't even know if I knew what a subconscious mind or this subconscious mind was seven years ago. I'm, I'm sure at some point in time, I've got a degree, so somewhere along the line they talked about it, but it sure didn't stick. <laughs> now, since I uh, started reading about all the speakers I surround myself, talk about it, I dove right in there, and man, oh, man, is it cool. I mean, really cool of what it can do and how powerful it is, but also something that powerful also be, I mean, it's powerful irregardless, powerful for good or powerful bad, but if unchecked, that power can work against you. So feed it positivity. Sound good? Woo! How about that, folks? Was that an episode? Was that a show, baby? Yes! We, we, the right hook of reality, we always got that. And I've just been saying left uppercut. I'm going to call it the left uppercut of truth. Yeah, because it knocks the truth right out of you. Yes! I think I'll have to hashtag that one, too. There we go. So your homework, your homework is obviously take everything in, share this podcast with others, send us some feedback, let us know what you like about it. On our Facebook page, Kicking Life with Master Grogan. Instagram page, Grogan. Oh, also, our Bully Proof. Bully Proof our kids with Master Grogan. It's growing and growing and growing. Uh, every day I want to put something on there about Bully Proofing our kids, which we're going to start turning the tide and focusing a lot more on, on that because that's that, that, in a nutshell, is the essence of the Kicking Life podcast. It's helping you be your best you to defeat that bully inside of you. So we're going to tie it all in together there. And you notice on my podcast here and on my guests, we're all, we, we, we talk about putting God first. We talk about being a good person. So we're not cussing, no, not saying anything negative. We're trying to plant positive seeds. So please share this with your kids as well. Listen to it in the car, Automobile University. So I remember I was listening to Zig Ziglar in the car and the kids are like, dad, what is this? And they first start hearing it, but now they can finish most of Ziglar's quotes. So that's pretty darn cool. It is, it is. So share this with others, but your homework. Write out your limiting belief, your fear, whatever's held you back, whatever lie you have told yourself or somebody else has told you. Write that on a piece of paper. Look at it. Look at it and say, no, the end. Crumple that baby up, squeeze it tight, and throw it in the trash can. Man, will it feel good. Or light it on fire, like I said. Whatever you're going to do. But I want you to videotape and put it on our page so we can see you doing it. Sound good? That's your homework. All right, folks, well, as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Check out our social media pages. Check out Kicking Life, Master Grogan on, on YouTube. We've got like 300 videos on there as well. Share this with somebody who could benefit. And as I like to say, I mean this. I love you. I do. God loves you. Please, for all of us, share that love with the world. Pay for somebody at the toll road. Pay for somebody at Starbucks. Smile. Hold the door. Little bitty acts of kindness go such a long way. And guess what? You're the one that benefits the most. Sound good? All right. Well, until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. I can't wait to chat with you again real soon. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kicking Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kicking Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinglifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.